This vegetable can clean drinking water. That story and more on H2O Radio's weekly news report. I'm Jamie Sudler. I'm Franny Halperin, and it's This Week in Water. Imagine an entire city block of six-story apartment buildings disappearing into a sinkhole 90 feet deep. That's the size of a depression that scientists discovered underwater in the Arctic Ocean as permafrost thaws and changes the seafloor. We usually think of permafrost as frozen ground on the Earth's surface, but it can also be found at the bottom of the sea. According to a study led by the Monterey Bay Aquarium Research Institute, permafrost has been hidden under the Canadian Beaufort Sea since the last ice age 12,000 years ago. But as the sea ice retreats, researchers have been able to travel to the area and map the seafloor. The study describes how the melting is not from the atmosphere above, but from warmer groundwater below that degrades the permafrost in a long-term process that has been happening for millennia. As it melts, the permafrost under the Arctic Ocean shrinks and collapses. The researchers say the thawing of the undersea permafrost may not be due to human-caused climate change, but it could have a profound effect on global warming, depending on how much greenhouse gas it contains and if and when it's released. Noise traveling underwater is important for marine life. Cetaceans like whales and dolphins send and receive complex sounds to communicate, navigate, and feed, as do many fish and invertebrates. But a new study shows that climate change will warm waters, affecting the speed that sounds travel in the ocean. Scientists led by Memorial University of Newfoundland and Labrador found that in some places, the speed of noises will increase by about 55 miles per hour by the end of the century, spreading sounds faster and making them last longer before fading away. The authors say the marine soundscape is a cacophony not just from living creatures, but also waves and cracking ice. The warming will also accentuate human-generated sounds like ships and resource extraction. The researchers studied common vocalizations of the North Atlantic right whale, one of the rarest marine mammals, which recently was found to have decreased 10% in population in just a year. A different study has shown that the whales had lost over two-thirds of their communication space due to noise from passing ships. Microplastics have been found in all corners of the world, from Antarctica to Mount Everest. So it should come as no surprise that last week, researchers found the pollution in human blood. Scientists in the Netherlands analyzed blood from 22 healthy adults and found plastic particles in nearly 80% of them. Half the samples contained PET plastic, commonly used in drink bottles, while one-third contained polystyrene, used in food packaging, and other disposable items like cups and utensils. One-quarter of the samples contained polyethylene, used to make plastic bags. The study says microplastics get in our bodies because they're in air and water, and they're also in our food and personal care products, ranging from toothpaste to lip gloss and even tattoo ink. A separate study from 2021 estimated that the average person ingests a credit card's worth of plastic each week. As The Guardian reports, the study shows that particles can travel around the body and could possibly lodge in organs. Given that plastic pollution is expected 
to double by 2040, the researchers say further study is needed to understand health impacts, such as whether the tiny fragments are eventually excreted and whether they are getting past the blood-brain barrier. And finally, speaking of microplastics, when they end up in wastewater, typically treatment plants remove them in two steps. First, they skim as much as they can off the surface. The rest are taken out with so-called flocculants, sticky chemicals that attract contaminants to form large clumps or flocks that can be collected. But many flocculants are potentially harmful. So Rajani Srinivasan at Tarleton State University in Texas wanted to find non-toxic alternatives. So she made a trip to the grocery store to buy okra. If you've ever eaten okra, you know it can be a bit slimy, but that slime is made up of polysaccharides, and Cernivasian found in previous experiments that the goo worked well to remove textile-based pollutants from water, so she thought maybe it could work for plastics. In the lab, she and her students tested polysaccharides not only from okra, but also fenugreek, cactus, aloe vera, and tamarind. After some experimentation, it was found that okra paired with fenugreek work best at removing microplastics from seawater, while okra paired with tamarind did best in freshwater. Overall, the plant-based versions worked better than or as well as the traditional flocculants used in treatment plants. Cernovasian says the polysaccharides could be an inexpensive solution for treatment plants in developing countries. She plans to scale up and commercialize her method so microplastics can be removed from water on an industrial scale enabling cleaner and safer water for all. That's it for this week in water. Support comes from GC Green, a veteran, woman, and Native American-owned clean energy and resiliency solutions company. Learn more at gcgreen.com.